This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. Okay, welcome back for part two of us going through the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial. If you have not heard episode one, please, or part one of this episode, please push pause. Go back and check out episode or part one. I don't know why I keep saying episode one. I mean part one Um, because it's extremely crucial to listen to that foundation um, because right? This is an anti-human trafficking podcast. And this is all about informing the public and looking from the perspective of victims and the perspective of the movement and the fight and the at the macro and the micro level. So we're going to do things a little bit different than if you're looking on the news, dissecting the trial um, or from, you know, a different perspective. So really listen to that, that part one um, of this episode, because this trial is going to move the anti-human trafficking movement forward, or it is going to take us many, many steps back. Um, and I'm hoping for, I'm hoping that it's going to catapult us to another level so that we can prevent modern day slavery and we can stop it. Um, and we can help those heal actually heal. Um, from all the trauma that they have received. So I want to talk a little bit um, about um, Ghislaine Maxwell's housekeeper, right? Or house manager slash housekeeper. Um, I, I'm going to mess up his last name. So his first name is Juan. And yet Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell 
called him um, Joe, if I'm not mistaken, all the time. Or John. John. They called him John. And um, it, was, it was some of the things he said were a little interesting. Um, he said, you know, she was, Ghislaine Maxwell was referred, she, she made them all call her um, the lady of the house. Okay. Now, she is uh, British. So, um, you know, their English is a little bit more formal on some of the things that they do. So I'm going to say, okay, I'll, I'll give that as a pass. Um, my husband reminds me like, Hey, well, you're the lady of the house. Like when we're getting service done or what have you, and it's not to my liking, like our Christmas lights, for example. Um, and he's like, so tell them what, what, what you want. Right. Um, so, so that part is not off-putting to me. I, I get that piece. But they were given, anyone who worked for Epstein at their multiple homes, right? The New Mexico, um, I'll call that a sex dungeon. The island sex dungeon. The New York sex dungeon. Um, you know, <laughs> the list goes on and on. And they are given this handbook. And it gives them all the rules, which... I I understand, especially if you're like managing an estate or multiple estates, right? I totally get that as well. But the dehumanizing part is <laughs> uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was very clear and I guess constantly reiterated like, do never, never look at Jeffrey Epstein in the eyes. Do not make eye contact with him. So. I'm going to call you the wrong name and I'm going to call you whatever I want. And then I'm going to tell you that you can never look at me when we're speaking. So what do you do? You look up or you look down? More than likely you're going to look down because if you look up, right, you can still see some things. And then that probably makes it super weird for the, the person you're speaking to um, because they can still see your eyes. So if you look down, I can't really see you, right? Um. In, in our world of fighting the fight against human trafficking, those are forms of grooming. <laughs> those are total forms of grooming. Those are forms of dehumanizing people, belittling them, making them feel like they are not equal to you, um, making them believe that they're not equal to you. You are forcing them to act in a certain way for, um, right, for employment, if you will, which most of these individuals who are trafficked, these victims, um, sometimes they're made to feel like they are being employed and I will give you money. There's an exchange. Um, and a, a lot of times that, that actually doesn't really happen, right? The money still goes to that individual. But, um, let, let's let's even go a little further because this is a, a grown man, right? This this house manager, housekeeper. So let's take it down to like a teenager, a young, young teenager, 13, 14 years old, um, meets Ghislaine Maxwell and um, Ghislaine sees something interesting in her and understands what her status is. Um, starts purchasing her gifts. So it's very non-invasive because this is a female giving it to me. This female doesn't want anything returned, right? So 
Ghislaine starts buying gifts and handbags. And now I'm asking you after a while, and I've gained your trust to start doing these certain acts, right? But don't look at them in the eye. Don't do this. Don't do that. I need you to do it this way. I need you to do the gesture that way, so on and so forth. You're starting to take take control over another human being is what you're doing. And so there is a lot of, and so that's grooming. But we only see it's grooming if there's going to be this sexual act. No, labor as well, right? Um, to get anyone to do what you want them to do, um, where you're dehumanizing them and, and kind of violating a little bit of their, of, or not a little bit of their own human rights, right? So here we have this house manager, housekeeper, grown man who can't look at you in the, in the eye. You have to look down. You have to look away. What is, what is that about? And I'm going to call you whatever, whatever I want. <clears throat> Those are forms of grooming. And we've talked about grooming many a times on this episode. I think we'll need to do a different kind so that y'all can under really understand how it starts to take hold of another, of another human being. So this, um, so Juan, the house manager, housekeeper, um, he actually, when he testified, he, his story of things that he had seen very much aligned with, I think it's victim number, is it victim number one? I think it's victim number one story, Jane, um, to protect her identity. It aligns so much with hers. So she explained how, right, Ghislaine would lure her with with gifts and things of that nature. And when she was first taken to Jeffrey Epstein, um, it was to give him a massage. And in their home, in their homes, they have a massage, like a massage room, um, even like the color of the massage bed. And Juan, the house manager, housekeeper, actually described the same thing. And uh Jane actually described how, and again, trigger, you know, trigger warning, there's going to be tons of trigger warnings on these episodes. Um, but she described how she would have to lay on that massage bed and Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein or just Jeffrey Epstein sometimes would sexually assault her with, um, uh, with sexual, with sex toys, right? Like, like dildos and things of that of that nature. Um, and Juan, when he'd have to go clean that room, he described the room and he described those, uh, sex toys as well. He described them and how he have to clean them and sanitize them and things, uh, things like that. So you're starting to see like some pattern, right? Um, she's not pulling something out of a hat. Um, there's someone who is there on the regular, um, and he, well, and I say regular, like he wasn't there every single day, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but when he was there and these were the things that he did, it, it described that room and the toys, you know, to, to a T. Um, he also, you know, claimed like there were, when he was, when he was there, there were a lot of times, like he could tell like there were 20 year olds that would be topless roaming around like the pool area or the house, which. Um, that's not a crime. And if they're all adult, you know, consenting adults, um, not a crime at all. 
But he said um, he does recall two individuals who were definitely minors that were there as well. And he can see evidence of that, of that grooming, that grooming process. So I think a question that I definitely will receive is like, well, is Juan a, an innocent bystander if he witnessed some of those things? Um, in regards to the minors, for sure not. I don't think he's an innocent uh, innocent bystander regarding that. Um, I definitely think like if he, if at that time, if he knew there were minors, um, I definitely think he should have said something and done something for sure. Now, if it took years later when all of this stuff started coming out and he's starting to actually analyze things that he witnessed, um, that's when he might have, you know, finally, it finally hit him saying like, hey, you know what? Those individuals are not adults. They look relatively younger than the than the rest. Um, you know, it, it could have been that as well. I don't know if they're if that's ever going to come out, um, if he knew it right then and there or, you know, or not. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely explained that there were individuals there that were, um, that were underaged. And, um, one of the things, you know, when I, when I talk about like, we need to really watch this trial and pay attention because it's going to change the trajectory of the anti-human trafficking movement and what it's going to do for victims and um, future victims is unfortunately I think people are going to watch this trial and they're going to be drawn to this trial actually, because they're going to be fascinated with the life. They're going to be fascinated with the life of the elite of what they wear you know, where they shop, what kind of language they use, right? Like the term um, lady, the phrase lady of the house, right? Kind of thing. Um, I think they're going to be drawn to that because it's giving them access to information that they wouldn't normally, um, you know, they wouldn't normally know it unless they have or lived this lavish lifestyle themselves. And I know for sure in American culture, they're drawn to that. Hence why all these reality shows have, have come up, right? And the bigger the name, the, the better. Because before reality shows are really more of like just regular people. And now they know they can make so much more off of famous people, right? Um, or wealthy people. But I need you to look at this trial because there's people selling and abusing children. And that's why we need to look at this trial as society as a whole. If you don't look at anything else, and I know it's torturous a lot of times to look at what's happening in the state of the world because it's so depressing and you're just like, I don't got time for that. I don't want to, you know, bring myself down or anything along those lines. It's true. I totally believe you. And I think that that's unhealthy as well. But this trial is going to save our kids or hurt our kids. It's going to save our youth or hurt our youth. It's going to help us protect victims or it's going to make them more vulnerable. Um, and honestly, this is everybody's problem. It doesn't matter what zip code that you live in. It is every single person's problem. Um, and we have to protect these, these, you know, these children um, and these young people. 
This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old. And one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you for approval. That's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code INHUMANE and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. One of the, one of the, one, another person who claims that she is a, a victim of um, Ghislaine Maxwell and abused by Jeffrey Epstein, um, she is not an individual who is actually one of the accusers on trial, but she has shared that she too was a victim and that everyone looks at Jeffrey Epstein as the bad individual, which he is, but her point is that Ghislaine Maxwell, she described her as she actually was the one that did all the work all the trust, all the recruiting, all the grooming, all the manipulation and the coercion and the force and the fraud and and delivered all that, right? And instilled all that into these young, vulnerable people to put them on a silver platter for Jeffrey Epstein, that she is the actual mastermind and Jeffrey Epstein wasn't. She is the one... Um, who did it, who did it all. Um, and on top of that, at sometimes uh, Ghislaine would be in the room, right? As I mentioned about the, the massage room. Um, and this was to put the girls more at ease, right? Because in the grooming process, what you're doing is, especially in the beginning when you've built that trust and then now you're getting your victim to perform that first uh, sexual act. Of course, they're going to feel uncomfortable. Of course, they're not going to want to do it. Of course, there's all this shame and everything negative coming up. But what do you do? Well, from Ghislaine, um, her model at least, right? She's going in the room. So that person you trusted, you don't know why you're doing this or they gave you a good enough excuse, if you will, and you're performing this act as a young person, the individual you trusted that put you in that situation, she's there. She's right there. So it almost is like, oh, she's holding my hand during this whole thing, right? Like a, um, you know, as an, an, as an example, she's holding my hand during this whole thing. There's a reason why I'm doing this. She gave me the reason, but she's here. She's here to protect me if anything goes wrong. Um, it, she's here. I trust her. <laughs> mastermind mastermind that's what you call a mastermind like a mastermind trafficker a master trafficker is what i believe galane is 
um, based off of what some of these individuals testified as uh, or what they what they shared. And so it makes them feel a little bit safer. And then it actually starts to normalize the sexual acts, right? That behavior. Um, it's okay to do these things for whatever reason your trafficker gave you. Um, but you're you're already in. You're already sucked in, right? They've already dehumanized you or they've already gained that crazy, crazy trust that you have because no one's ever showed any care about you before in the world. No one's ever showed you any love maybe before in the world, or um, you're coming from a, a space of a fairly new broken home or something traumatic happened and you didn't know how to deal with it. Well, this person understands, right? They're literally manipulating um, by using force, fraud, or coercion. So, um, we haven't, of course, this, these are the beginning stages, right? This is, this trial is supposed to last until January. Um, so we don't have all the evidence, like I mentioned, but I haven't heard anything yet of Ghislaine being like a gorilla trafficker, like a gorilla pimp, right? Being so physical and beating people and basically, um, making them comply by fear, right? Um, I haven't heard any of that. And that's why those individuals, um, those kinds of traffickers, I always call them like low level because they don't, they don't have that forethought. They don't know how to groom someone in the, in this way, like Ghislaine did, right? When they're just constantly slivering their way in like a snake and manipulating you here and there and constantly and not using, not having to use physical, um, you know, physical force of, I'm sure there's fear there. It's not that there isn't, but it's a different kind, right? And usually that fear is more of like, I don't want to disappoint her, right? Um, some can actually say, I don't, I don't want to lose all that I have that she's, that she's given me, right? Um, I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose my friend. Um, I don't want to lose the person that has showed that they cared about me and so on and so forth. So we'll see if any of that comes out, if she was, you know, that scary physical wise, or was she just um, scary mentally, right? Um, so that's another piece in regards to this, in, in regards to this trial so far. Um I want to, I really want to share something that I think is so, um, so interesting to understand about this trial. Yes, it's going to change the algorithm um, and bring human trafficking, right? And the movement to the forefront. And it's going to show people that it happens in all circles. Um, sexual assault happens in all circles. It's it's kind of like we're starting to believe that sexual assault can happen with the elite, but not trafficking. And yet the whole Me Too movement that happened that started a few years ago, you had so many women on board about it, but I don't have, and I'm not seeing that same energy during this trial. And and um why? Because you don't have any elite individual coming out in support of the victims. Is that why? Because Rose McGowan, right, was the celebrity pushing that movement forward. 
which then attracted other celebrities, right, that came out and shared things and then attracted um, controversy like with Alyssa Milano. So you, you, you had these celebrities there. And my question is, where are the celebrities trying to protect these victims? Because they came out for BLM. And yep, I said it. I know it's super controversial, but it's true. They're bailing, they're bailing people out for destroying property, but we're calling it protesting. Um, they're doing all of that for BLM. Where are they in regards to helping these victims, right? Um, Kim Kardashian as well. She uh, spoke, I think hers was Centoya Brown, um, but she has spoke out to help some, you know, victims of sexual assault as well and um, wrongly accused. Well, where Where is she for this case? Where is she for these victims? Or do we only pick and choose which victims we want to help? I think is my my bigger question. Um where those, if this is not happening in those circles, where are they in support, right? Like, oh my gosh, this was an outlier. This was a one-off. So I'm going to go support because that's what we do in my, in my space, right? In my world. I'm not, I'm not seeing that at all. I'm not seeing any help, any discussion at all whatsoever about this case. It's like, everyone's like, hands off. And, <clears throat> you know, the other, the other thing in regards to, uh, going back to Prince Andrew, President Trump and, and President Clinton is <clears throat> everyone's just focused on Trump. Um, when I have these discussions or things that I see or when we're investigating and researching and listening, cause I'll, I'll go back and listen to every different news station. Cause I want to see if they're just robots and saying the exact same thing or what they're highlighting or any of those things. Cause I want to dissect them all. And their focus is, is president Trump, right? That is their number one focus. And my thing is where, where is everybody else? Right. Where is everybody else in in these trials? Because you're forgetting that Mr. Microsoft himself, Bill Gates, came out and said, oh, gosh, you know, and, and it, it isn't that old um, when he came out and said, and he was like, man, I. <sighs> yeah, I hung out with him and I I probably shouldn't. Right. Like. Whether that's true and he's thinking back and he's remorseful or is it more because, oh, man, my stuff's about to come on blast if they pull out those logs or how many times I visited or whatever the case may be. No one's attacking him. Many people still think he's God, right, of the tech industry as well as now an environmentalist and a virologist. And Bill Gates is just all things. And what he says is gospel and everyone's believing that. But I don't see anybody attacking him for knowing Epstein and him being in his circle, we're only picking and choosing and, and you have to stop. Not for my benefit. You have to stop for these victims. You can't pick and choose. And we can't pick and choose who we believe and who we don't believe when it comes to um, human trafficking. I've said it many a times. I know it's complex. It's not so easy to dissect and decipher. Um, however, if we're not believing these victims, we're never going to prevent it. We're never going to stop it. We're never going to be able to save, you know, just just one. Because, right, that's all we, at least one. 
because our mentality doesn't want to shift. And so if we prosecute the demand, if all of these people, their names start to come out that purchased, uh, you know, sex and exploited these individuals, um, it's going to change the fight for human trafficking forever. And every, every person who traffics, who enslaves another individual, they have to start facing a felony. And right now, Texas is like the only one where they're starting to prosecute and give you a felony charge. That's one. That's a federal charge. That's only one state. Where's everybody else at who's in this movement, right? It needs to be a consistent federal charge across every single state in the nation. And then I have no doubt that this is going to take traction globally and you'll see some more consistency, right? Especially if you're part of the Euro, um, I mean, the European Union, right? Like all of that. Why isn't there any consistency? Especially if we believe only human trafficking or human trafficking only happens in those countries, right? Which we know couldn't be further from the truth. And just a friendly, horrific reminder is the U.S. is the number one purchaser of of porn, right? And and the relationship that human trafficking has with porn, highly related. So this trial needs to continue on and get all those individuals who run Jeffrey Epstein's logs on on the flights. And we need to start investigating every single one of those individuals. Um, that's what I'm saying. This is so much bigger than what you even think it is. And so if you and I can, can traffic an individual, right? A Joe Schmo, so can someone who is elite. And I want you to keep in mind, you know, every time there is like a, and I'm going to use a fraternity, okay? Because we know there has been sexual assault. There, there's one that happened just recently. The university was doing a protest, um, against this individual, his fraternity brothers turned him in or what have you. So we've heard these stories before. We've seen them on Lifetime. We've seen them on, um, you know, primetime movies kind of thing. And so if you have an individual who comes from a great background, great breeding, if, if you will, for lack of a better, uh, term, but he comes from some money and, he goes away to university and he sexually assaults someone. What always happens and what you always see is the defense is always like, he has money. He's a good looking kid. He has this going for him, that going for him. Why women are falling at his feet? Why would he need to do that? And yet we paint the picture of this individual on the opposite end is it's a form of power. It's a form of power. It's a form of, um, well, I'm going to keep saying power because that's really a big one. Um, Despite all the other issues this individual may have, he's just been holding that in internally. But then we're like, oh, now we believe the victim because now we're looking at the pattern of him always wanting to have power and in control and has never been told no. And this person told him no and rejected him. So he sexually assaulted her, right? So why aren't we putting that same concept and belief when it comes to these individuals who are in this elite world that none of us can touch, right? Why don't we believe the same thing is happening? It's a form of power. 
you're right. They could go pay for sex with any, you know, individual. Um, they can, people are falling at their feet because they want to partner with them and do business with them or they want to connect or whatever the case may be. Um, but it can really come down as simple as it's a form of power. And we have to start believing that it happens and it is the people that we idolize that are doing it. All, I'm not saying all at all whatsoever, but I know it's happening there. And we have had a, a victim of human trafficking who has some super big names, big names that have trafficked this young person. And we're trying to, she, she wants to come on the show. We're trying to align it. Um, of course, there's lots of worry and conversation that no one's going to believe her, so on and so forth. But why can't we hear her story if that's what she wants to, to do, right? And be very interesting to see how the listeners of the Inhumane podcast, the avid listeners actually respond to that as well as other individuals that are hearing our show for the first time. Is it automatically, bi is it an auto bias where they just are in complete disbelief of these higher powers that are actually trafficking or traffic this individual? And we only believe them or are we actually going to believe the, the victim? I challenge you on that. I so challenge you on that got to open, we got to start opening our, our mind and we got to stop making it be about the predator. We have to make it about the victim and the potential victims. Like just think of that. Even the potential victims, people are having babies all day long and in five years, two years, they could be trafficked. In 10, they could be trafficked. In 12, do they deserve that? No, they're children. They don't. So how are we as society going to stop doing it? So the call to action for this episode is I need you to start going and looking at the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I want you to look at it from both perspectives. See what really these victims are saying. And I want you to check your bias and start asking yourself, like, why don't I believe them when they said this? Why don't I believe them when they said that? Because we're going to go deep in the next episode um, about specifically believing victims and why we don't and why. It may look like they don't know the story very well of what happened. Um, so thanks so much for listening. Watch the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Hit us up on all of social media, the Inhumane Podcast. Love to know your thoughts, your questions, your disagreements. Um, let's start having, you know, a dialogue. Thanks so much. Until next time. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.